BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have an extremely, extremely special guest. I have my cousin, yes. the one, the only, Adam Bowles yes. is here. That's hype. But thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. This is going to be fun. I can't believe I get to have you on my podcast. I know. It's crazy. I normally don't get nervous before podcasting, and I was like, oh my gosh, my big cousin, Adam. <laughs> I used to pull your pigtails yeah you used to pull my pigtails you're just like my my cool older cousin cool yeah check that for my kids well you and sarah were both i both i looked up to both of you i just not that i don't anymore but now i feel like we're the same age you know what i mean but when not when you're younger you're just like no but you know what i'm saying like now i feel like we're all in that age range there everyone's here by the way i need to say that too so it's just me and adam podcasting mm-hmm. but we have a room full of family shane's here but he doesn't care he's Shane. just playing on his phone he's he's like podcast been there done that got the t-shirt but i have my aunt mary's in the room you can you can do a little ow hi that's my aunt mary we've got tori adam's yes. daughter we've got my cousin sarah hi. She- <laughs> thank you sarah we've got ronnie is in the room and louisa Hello. adam's wife and okay so <laughs> Okay, so that's just a, that's everybody in the room. That's, that's right. everyone in the room. So we've got a party going on, mm-hmm. but this is just a very big deal. So let mm-hmm. let's just okay. So let me explain who Adam is because you're a big deal. Would you agree with that? I would not agree with that, but <laughs> go ahead if you want to. I like the hype, so go for it. Okay, well I I feel like you're a big deal. You are a minister. Mm-hmm. That's it's pretty, I, at least in my eyes, that's like a big time job title. Right. That's like when you're a kid. Like, did you know you were going to be a minister when you were no, pulling my pigtails? I a basketball player maybe did you or really maybe a national geographic photographer or Ooh. you know like all those kinds of things really yeah i still think i'm a good basketball player are you a good basketball player mm-hmm. i remember when we used to play football in uh not in maine in connecticut in the backyard i feel like you're pretty good at football no that's a good that's the right feeling okay yeah we <laughs> We played we played some pretty hardcore football in the backyard. I feel like we did. Mm-hmm. We definitely did. I want to pick that back up, by the way. I know. I don't I was, know how we can do that, though. Well, we're going to start having... years later. No, yeah, but I'm, I feel like I have it in me. Okay. For sure. I'll probably get injured, but like, bring it. Can I ask you a question? Oh, my God, when yeah. When was the last time you played football? Oh, my gosh. Um, probably about five to ten years ago. Okay. So you feel ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. It's been cooking in me. Right. I've been doing all this healing work, you know, and it's bringing out the inner, ra- the out, yeah, the inner rapper and the inner football player. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Because I feel like it's fun. I'm not saying I'll be the best, but no. like I've got some feisty athlete in me for sure. In high school, you know, when you used to play like the floor hockey and gym, the boys were very scared of me. Yeah. Because I like, I was playing for real. I keep looking at Aunt Mary because she just. How did you feel when Aunt Mary tackled you earlier? Were you I ready loved for that? It. No, I was ready. Aunt Mary can bring it. So, yeah. So let's, okay. So you are my Aunt Mary's son. I have to say that. So my dad has three siblings. It's Aunt Mary, Aunt Nancy, Uncle Fred, which is all like those really simple children's books where it's like, watch Mary jump. That's all their names. (laughs) And Mary and I have always been very bonded and she just thinks I'm so great and funny. So whenever I say something funny, I'm looking at her silently laughing in the corner. Listen, our whole family loves you and we're proud of you. Well, I love I love you guys so much, and you guys just sang "Happy Birthday." I kind of forced it on you, but right. <laughs> it was the best you moment. A surprise birthday party. 
Hallelujah. I made Greg play the guitar so we could all sing Hallelujah. You know what? That's a great attitude, though, towards life, just in general. I have a birthday. You're going to sing to me. And it's going to be a surprise. And it's going to be beautiful. That's yes. taking control of the moment. Thank you. And it was it was pure magic. Wasn't it magical? Everyone, you can also talk a little bit in the background as, as long as it's like with. Okay, forget it. I'm like forcing you all to be into this. Um, okay, so so you're a minister. Mm-hmm. How long have you been a minister? I've been a minister since I was in my early 20s. I don't really even know exactly what age I was when I started doing it. It was kind of like, so I am not a, like I went to Bible college kind of minister. Do they have Bible college? Oh, yeah. They got really? loads of Bible colleges, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you didn't go to Bible college. No, I never did. I never did. So I so I was kind of like just getting involved without like an official, you're okay. involved. And then before I knew it, I was involved. Um, well, you've always been involved in the church, right? Right. So you've always been very religious. Yeah. And yeah. then I guess at some point you decided to start speaking in front of everyone. Right? Uh, somebody somebody had the crazy idea that maybe that would be a good idea. <laughs> and um, the very first time I went to to speak, because I thought, yeah, that that is a good idea. And then the very first time I went to preach, like I was saying earlier, my my father-in-law introduced me. Said, he, he literally said, now Adam's going to give the message. And he turned around, and I wasn't any longer on the platform. I had left the building, literally left the building, and I was pacing back and forth because I had a massive like anxiety attack. I didn't think I could do it. And it took me years to kind of conquer that fear. And I still get nervous, but whatever. Well, it's, it's really nerve-wracking speaking in front of a lot of people. Hmm. I've had to get over massive panic attacks, especially when I first started comedy. It's intense. Do you make people laugh a lot when you get up there? <laughs> Um, occasionally I, I wish that they laughed more when I, <laughs> do you want some lessons besides my mom? Cause I love my mom, but that doesn't count. anymore. <laughs> I know Aunt Mary laughs at everything she, I say. She laughs at me and that's the problem because <laughs> what mom did to me is she would laugh as I was as a kid. And so I actually thought I was funny. I think you are really funny though. And Adam's went, funny, right? We're not imagining I it. Went, well, I took a poll. I once. love you, Aunt Mary. She's like, he's hysterical. <laughs> I took a poll. He once. is, though. I took a poll of my, my colleagues at a newspaper. I was like, wait a minute. Because it dawned on me that not all the time people were laughing. And I thought it was hilarious. So I went around to everybody in the newsroom. I was like, seriously, do you think I'm funny? And they gave me some good, honest feedback. And a lot of it was really lukewarm. That's, well, you know what? Maybe you're not as like, maybe when you're up there doing your sermons. That's what you call them, right? Sermons. Sermons, yeah. Maybe you're not as like loose, are, like are well, you? Well, I was just talking about like conversation. Oh, in general. Well, then they're yeah. wrong. Because well, a lot of times your sense of humor is like, um, like you slide it in a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so maybe they're maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're stupid. Well, that's what I concluded. Yeah. That was the obvious conclusion. Luis is the other one who usually laughs. That yeah. So Luis is his wife, by the way. Mm. She's in the room, and I've known Luisa since she was sixteen. That's when I met her. Not in like some creepy, weird way, but I get, well, you, how old were you when she was 16? I was 16. Okay. Yeah. So not creepy, weird. I'm two, three months older. (laughs) That's okay. Good. Cause I was like, wait, how old were you when I met Louis? Cause if Louisa was 16 and you were in your twenties then I guess it would have been creepy, but it was legal. Okay. Yeah. She, right. Well, you met her when, what at the, when did you meet her? I met her at Pops and Grammys because I'm saying I met her when she was 16, but then I was like, well, how old were you? Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, I got you. Because like, you guys had started like dating when you were 30. both 16. That's okay. that's young. No, we didn't date at 16. You didn't? That's just when I met her. Right. Oh, when did you start dating? We didn't date until we were... Louisa, help me. How old were we? You weren't paying attention. That's embarrassing. Oh, man. I think I was like... We were like 19, 20, 19. Oh, like so that. you guys just knew each other and then you just mm-hmm. started dating. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I met her before the romantic stuff that's started. Right. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. Not creepy at all. I apologize. No, that threw me off. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) You can't call a minister creepy. They get really. (laughs) I'm like, seriously? What are you doing to me? You're not. You're not. It's a, you know, okay. So I'm like, you know, I am nervous. Cause so, okay. Obviously you're my cousin, but like now that you're a minister, it's like, I'm talking to my cousin who's also a minister. Like I never know if I'm allowed to curse in front of you. You're not. No, just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, would you be offended if I cursed? People curse around me. You know what happens is, generally speaking, I never call people out for cursing, except for when I, I feel really uncomfortable when people use the name of Jesus in weird ways. Okay. 
so that's 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 an issue. But I but I, even then, like I rarely Shane's it's laughing. At I know. That. It's, I'm, that, that's I know. We're truth. gonna get there, Shane. It's the truth. It's the truth. And so you know, normally, what happens? Because I don't even think about it. I don't think about cursing. I don't think like that's a word I'm about to say. Do you ever curse it. ever? No, I don't. Really. Hmm. See, that seems strange to you, right? I can tell because you're looking at me like I'm from another planet. I don't think about it. I don't think twice. Well, I used to be a teacher and I could never curse in front of the kids and I just didn't. Like it wasn't something that was itching to come out. I feel like you just get used to something. I enjoy cursing because I'm such a uh, fiery person that I feel like sometimes it's like just an accent on it. But that can also be a problem because like sometimes my agent's like, why don't you just try the joke without... The F word. Like it's the same, like sometimes I don't even need it and I'm just like peppering it. You know, when you put like salt in a soup, that's already fine. Like yeah. sometimes I'm just doing it. So yeah. Yeah. No, people, it's funny. Cause like, that's one of the first things people try to feel out. Oh, you're a pastor. So I had been like one time I was hanging out with somebody and this woman who knows me didn't realize, realize I was there and she was dropping F bombs everywhere all night long. And then all of a sudden she saw me. And, and she so felt weird. She felt weird. Yeah. And I was, it's, it's, that's so funny though. Cause in a sense, like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to call Jesus at night and be like, I need to tell you about Rhonda? You know, that's exactly is that right. what you do? That's exactly not, that's not anything <laughs> I've ever done. Um, okay. Well let's get into Jesus a little bit. Cause Shane, okay. So there are a couple things I want to talk. Cause I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So I'll say this first. So my feelings towards Jesus is that he was like this, ascended master in my eyes i don't even know if you do you know what i mean by ascended master yeah. just someone who was well, so no, enlightened mm-hmm. yeah like whatever and um really came down and preached the beautiful i don't even want to say laws because that sounds really structured but like teachings of god in a sense about connection and love and what all of this is about um and i want to get all your i want to understand what your feelings are in jesus but the reason why shane was giving me a look and i told we talked about Evan and i talked about this earlier but so I have a joke about Jesus, but it's not supposed to be making fun of Jesus, but I want to kind of run it by you and see if it is offensive. Okay, let's go. And you don't mind, like, if, I, if I'm offended, I just yeah. them. No, no, no. Yeah. Just, okay. You can just be like, I want to, if you are offended, I would love for you to tell me why. I mean, it might be a little awkward. Okay, okay, let's just it's do fine. it. We're good. We're okay, good. okay. Because no, I'm like literally, like I think that's why I got nervous before, because I was like, I've never really talked to you fully about your beliefs, and yet... We're both very obviously spiritual people. Yep. And and once again, we were saying this earlier, but I think what the world needs, and you said this, is why don't you say it, what the world needs? Well, when we were talking, yeah. well, we, we were, were just talking. We're not, we're not screaming at each other. And I think that's a big deal because I think people uh, draw lines and they like to, um, especially more and more, we like to draw lines, put people in like a certain corner. So when you say minister and, and pastor and all that kind of stuff, like I imagine people who are listening to you automatically have a certain idea in yes. their heads. A lot of people are probably think of white collar. Maybe the first thing is, yeah, that person, you know, I couldn't curse around them at all. Like, like how real can they be? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Honestly and truly, when somebody calls me a pastor, they say, hey, pastor, and I'll be in a room and I start looking around. And I'm like, who are they talking to? Yeah. Because it might be, like you said, a title. But it's not something I think about. It's not like my primary way of thinking about myself. Like yeah. it's just a, it's my walk. I'm walking it out in my life. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm coming from with that. Yeah. And I think it's really important because, and I, and I think you said this earlier, where it's like you hear someone has a certain title or a certain religion or belief and you just go, oh, I can't even talk to them. I can't relate to this person at all. And I think we do need to start, whether it's Palestine, Israel, or one race and another race or gender or whatever, we need to start listening and talking, even if you disagree. And I think that's what's going to help heal the world because a lot of people are in deep suffering and in deep pain. And it's all about community and connection. And um, that's a big reason why I wanted to have you on is because you have one of the biggest hearts I know. And I believe that your mission is to help people and help them find, you know, whatever you'd call it, God, Jesus, their hearts, you know, cause we might use different language for it, but I know that we go about it in different ways. So I kind of wanted to not necessarily bridge the gap cause who knows, but you know what I mean? Kind of yeah, bridge I the do. gap in its own. Okay. So here's, here's my joke about okay. Jesus. So essentially I start by saying big fan. Um, I believe he's an ascended master. And then I say the way I love Jesus, no one's okay with like even Christians are like, 
get the hell away from our Jesus. But then what I say is you're not allowed to say how good looking Jesus is. And I say, what a, I'm looking right at Aunt Mary and she's like, no. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, he was a good looking man. You're not allowed to say it. And then I say, um, what do I say? I was like, yeah, I just basically called Jesus hot. And a lot of people get uncomfortable a lot of times in, in the audience. But like, so, so I really just go along with that. I don't go much further. You know what I mean? And to, but, but that's the overall premise of calling Jesus, Jesus a good looking man and how you're not allowed to say it. Do you find it offensive for Jesus to be called good looking? I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for that. Okay. Let me, let me try to like dig deep into my theological <laughs> reservoir. Well, first of all, how do you know what he looks like? All the freaking paintings. No, that's not going to help you at all. Cause they're all, they're all, they don't necessarily depict Jesus maybe as a lot of them just show him as a white guy. Right, right, right. But well, that's part of my joke too, where I say people like to argue about what color Jesus was. I'm right. like every color I've seen Jesus. And I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> you don't even laugh. You can't even do it. <laughs> no. No, so, so, okay. The only ones laughing are your daughters. <laughs> no, my sister's trying to start. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I don't know really what to say to you about that one. <laughs> what do you, thank you what did, what did Mary my mom say my school me on that uh, he exactly so the scriptures would say that it wasn't like he was known for being super attractive he was the ordinary guy really yeah. Yeah. see that's, I feel so my Jesus is very good looking I just want to say that I know that's not the popular opinion in this room but I feel like he was <laughs> I feel like he was good looking. All the because I feel like no matter what color he was, every once again image, no matter what tone or whatever, he was a good I don't mean like stud muffin Jesus. I mean like he just seemed like a good looking man and yet it, what it, what it feels like. I'll I'll explain the point. I don't I don't fully go into this in my joke, but this is where I'm trying to get. Mm. Is it feels like in a lot of religions they remove sexuality, whatever that actually means from religion and I think that's part of what turns some people off is we're all human right mm -hmm. and I'm not saying abuse that thing because mm -hmm. I certainly don't but I think that's what kind of puts some people off is they feel like I'm a human and I have these things and I think a lot of people feel like they have to be these pure almost non sexual yeah. things and never curse and be perfect in order to fit into that thing so part of my message with that in its own way is like we find things attractive and we're messy humans and that doesn't make you not spiritual mm -hmm. and um yeah and i also think and, and i'm not saying that this is your approach but some religions have that overall structure like these are the rules and i think that's also very scary to people it's like oh if i don't follow these exact rules i'm gonna go to hell or i'm not good enough and i would love to hear your opinion on your approach to christianity and jesus yeah. and that stuff yeah so, I mean, the rules is a big one, isn't it? People get all, you know, confused by it. And to me, religion is people trying to figure out how to get to God. Mm -hmm. You know, the better you behave, the longer you behave that way. If I, keep the, if I keep a lot of rules, if I keep it together, if I can, you know, be a perfect person kind of deal. Yeah. But that's not what Jesus said he was about. He said he came... He says, if you think you're set, then you probably missed why I'm here. I'm here for people who are broken, mm -hmm. who feel like they, who know that deep down inside. See, see, religion is, uh, is people reaching uh, and finding ways to get to God. The way I describe it is relationship is God already coming to us. So I don't, it's resting in something that he's already done. But I've been there. Like, I used to think that way. I have to. I kept the record in my, my life. Like, I thought, if I could be good for so long, maybe that would get me even better with God and more connected with God the longer I can behave like this. Along. But the fact is, I'm just like anybody else, and we all got our problems, and I break those streaks pretty quickly. And the worst thing is when you think you keep the streak, like you think you keep the good record long enough, you start acting like a jerk because then you start thinking you're better than other people and judging people and judging and other people. And so that's a messed up way of doing it. There's a word in Christianity, like it grace mm -hmm. and the, the most famous song, right? In, in Christianity, amazing grace. 
grace is to me what God's done for me. And because of his grace, that gives me the desire to do the things I think you're talking about. So like for me, it's not the list of rules. That just doesn't work that way. That's like a stifling thing. Jesus, Jesus said he came to give, there's a scripture that says life and life abundantly. So he's not trying to kill the joy. He's trying to give you joy. That's beautiful. And it's interesting because, so I don't know if you know, but I'm in this four-year spiritual cro- program. It's not religious, but it's, um, it's, it's, we're learning the tree of life. It's, it's ancient Jewish mysticism, the Kabbalah, but people of all religion are within there. It's like a healing modality. But the, the teacher, the founder, Jason Schulman, he wrote a book called Receiving God. So here, once again, is a completely different religion. But what you're saying reminds me of that, of it's about, you know, what it, there's a quote by Rumi, what, what you're seeking is seeking you. And it kind of reminds me it is, it's, it's God. It's like, we are looking for this thing and whatever. Once again, some people have transference to the word God. You can call it God universe, that thing we long for, yeah. but the thing that we're longing for is, you know, coming to us. And that's beautiful. Cause I often feel lost. You know, I struggle with depression and anxiety and it's a beautiful reminder of no, this thing that I'm longing for is first of all already here, but it's also longing to come in. And I also love, I forget which one of your girls said it. So you guys can remember me, but when we were talking about religion, they brought up the word relationship. It's your relationship. Was that you, Ronnie? Yeah. Ronnie was like, saying that it's not about the rules it's it's your relationship to were you saying god or and i just think that that to me is the key because relationship is everything and when you have a relationship to it it's you and the thing and i think that there's so much more freedom in that approach well you know it's so so we're talking about god the father god the son god the spirit the very first way that jesus taught us to pray was to say our father which art in heaven based on relationship what does that mean? Seriously, like, because cause I, first of all, so I was raised Jewish, even though it never really stuck in that way. So what is, um, I know it's like the Holy Trinity, and I talk about the Holy Trinity in a sense of mind, body, spirit. I don't know if that relates to yeah, what so you're Trinity, talking about. So Trinity, there's, a, there's a mystery to the Trinity, but the Trinity is three in one. And so that's usually the, the you know, people get a little confused by it, but it's three distinct. Um, it's God as the Father. What does that mean? That is, that is, he is spirit. The Bible teaches that God is spirit and he sent his son, Jesus. And as when Jesus went back up to heaven, the Bible says that he sent to us to be able to help us live out this life. You know, we're talking about. So, the, oh, so father's God, son yeah. is Jesus. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit. What's that? The Holy Spirit is a. It's, it's God. It's God, but God in spirit. But God, not, but not God. So how's the spirit different from the Father? This, they're just distinct. It's a distinct person. So God the Father, if you read the scriptures, it'll say that God the Father, um, you know, he is our creator God. And the spirit is here. God the spirit. See, this is where, like, I don't want to get too confusing about it. But God the spirit is here to help us with like if we're if we if we're doing something that we know we shouldn't be doing, kind of thing, it's going to be like a like not check listening on to your soul, almost, like, almost like you know maybe I shouldn't be doing this because this could be harmful to my life. Because I'm trying to like broach. Because here I talk a lot of you know what I mean. Like I'm very spiritual, so we're talking right. like yoga, spiritual, bringing in the Buddha stuff, chakras. Right. So I'm trying to bridge because they talk a lot about Holy Trinity. So I'm trying to bridge. Even if there are disagreements, that's why I'm asking these questions. Yeah, I'm trying to figure yeah, out like, oh, so the father would be like, yeah, almost like that bigness before existence in a sense. Son is Jesus. Yeah. Equal. They're all equal. But are we in a sense, Jesus then? Like, like are we like here we are in manifested form still connected to God, right? So where would we fall in? Like us as like walking around as humans connected. Like, are we in that equation of the Holy Trinity? Am I making sense? No. No, okay. we're not. We're so, so we are created by a, by a creator, and we're made in the image of God. So I think a little bit of what you're talking about. We have the image of God in us, which you know, which is why we should value each other. Which is why there's equality among people. But um, Jesus made himself a little bit lower. The Bible says a little bit lower than even the angels made himself. He was fully man, 100 mm-hmm. percent man, 100 percent God, and he made himself lower. 
And but the Bible says that when he died, then he was raised from from the dead to the mm. biggest spot you can you can call it in the universe. And here we have Easter coming up. And Easter coming up. Right. So really, when you get down to Christianity, you're talking about the cross and what happened on the cross mm-hmm. and that sacrifice that was made on the cross, um, but also the resurrection. Right. So which we talked about a little bit. Yeah, earlier. Earlier about the resurrection. And like you were saying, you know, you believe it, I think you said. Like- yes. Well, because once again, so so my beliefs um, in a sense is that we are energy in these human vessels right Mm -hmm. and i do believe that we keep going i don't think that i think when you die this is not the end you would call it heaven i kind of believe in reincarnation i think i also have a big mystery to all this and i've stopped trying to claim i know all the answers as well so with the resurrection i do believe that it was possible and i do think he was capable of once passing um that he did come back i'm not sure exactly what happened after that, after he came back, p- some people say he like dissipated back to God, essentially. Some people have other theories, but I do believe that. Mm. I think that um, we are way less limited than we think we are. Like a lot of people, I don't know. I, I mean, my, my beliefs, once again, are very out there. Like I was saying, I believe in yep. fairy realms and mermaids and angels and, and a lot of people... Christians, spiritual people don't necessarily go that far. So for me, someone dying and being able to come back, I obviously think it's very, very extreme and rare, but I'm like, yeah, totally. And I just think he was one of the most amazing, beautiful spirits to ever be incarnated on earth. Yeah. So with like with the resurrection, um, it is, you know what I like when I read the Bible, there is in Acts, there's a book in the New, so there's the Old Testament, New Testament. In the New Testament, there's this book that describes what happened after the cross, after what happened there. And sometimes I call acts like the book of facts. So from a journalist perspective, you know, the... Because you were a journalist for a long, a long time. Yeah, right, right. So so it's not like I... My faith allows me to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul. So Got I it. can put my mind into it. It's not like just a whim. And when I read acts, there are these facts that kind of emerge from just different phrasing in it that I really have come to love, like eyewitnesses. When Jesus rose from the dead, it wasn't a cycle of, I think kind of what you were talking about a little bit earlier, it wasn't a cycle of resurrection. It wasn't reincarnation without end. It was a singular birth, a singular death, and a singular uh, resurrection in a historical, like actual fixed time. And But in those, yeah. but in Acts, it was very much like, you know, the people who were doubting, he would show up and say, okay, well, this is to Thomas, one of the disciples who was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe any of this stuff. Like, how in the world can I believe this? And um, when I think about how much they had to put their lives on the line to say that they believed this, yeah, like it's cool to say it in a living room, but when you go out after the resurrection and you say, you know, Jesus is alive, that wasn't exactly a popular message. Yeah. That didn't get you a promotion. That didn't get you security for the rest of your life. So people had to put their lives on the line to say this was either true or it wasn't true. That That's just a part of it, right? But yeah. that part of it is meaningful to me because, you know, the way I see it is God knows how each of us are made and how we're each wired and how certain things are going to really stir in us to see, help us come to faith, help us come to see what, what is real because like you said, there, there are fans, lots of fans. Um, I don't know how you can deny being a fan of some of his teachings, like, you know, love people. And if somebody says they got a problem, walk with them one mile. No, walk with them two miles and go the extra mile. And, you know, a lot of his teachings and the Beatitudes and think about the poor, all that kind of stuff, right? And um, But I think it's more than just what his resurrection showed was more than just being a fan. It's like, okay, but you're going to follow the fan coming into being a follower. And that's where you see it happening. Uh, after the resurrection, people who are like, yeah, this guy's great. He's going to come. He's going to, he's going to take over the kingdom and all that kind of stuff. But then 
no, they killed him. I think I'm going to back out. But then when he, when he showed himself to be alive, people started following because they felt the love of God, the hope, the peace. You talked about anxiety, peace and all that. That was what was yeah. coming alive in people's hearts. Yeah, there's so much in this, right? Because first of all, because you do see today, when you have a popular belief and you go against that, you can get persecuted. Clearly not necessarily hung on a cross, but like back then to go with those beliefs, it was insane, you know? And and then when that happened, I could see why people were like, oh, I don't know. I don't, you know, look what just happened to him. I have to not back this up anymore. Um, and I... And I try to take things like that to be like, just because something I believe isn't popular, I have to follow what's in my heart. Um, and it's interesting because I feel the same way of like, how could you, what, you know, no matter what your religion, how could you not be a fan of something, of someone who had such beautiful beliefs? A lot of people say that it's, I think it's like what they feel like religion did to those beliefs. Like there right. have been so many wars right. over it. And I think in a sense, that's what, why you and I are even trying to do this podcast is you can have different beliefs, but we need to learn how to like coexist. I mean, obviously you and I love each other, so it's, you know, we're a different example of it, but um, starting to learn how to exist in a room and communicate and listen, even if your approach to life is different. So for me, I agree. How could you not be a fan of someone preaching love, connection, being true to who you are, helping other people? But once again, there have been so many, because I don't want to even say man is corrupt because it's way less, com- more complicated than just saying man is corrupt because yeah. it's it's a whole other thing. But I think, you know, some people who say they're Christian and then do horrible things, people then go, well, that's Christianity sure. and that's not true that's that person that's that person's relationship to that thing and it can't be you can't then be like oh that's the whole of that thing right and i think that's what people do right yeah that happens doesn't it and it gets confusing it gets confusing for people like what are you what are you really representing like when when you because anybody can call yourself anything right and so sometimes in the name of Christianity or in the name of Jesus, people have done some crazy stuff. And I'm sure Jesus is saying that. That's that not was not what, me. That's that not what I was. That's not what I meant. Yeah. That wasn't my word. Um, and actually there's this one of his, when he, in his ministry on earth, he kind of, he called people out for, for saying you're doing this in the name of God, but look what you're actually doing. God's not in it. So part of his message was to kind of really uh, take away people's self-righteous standing and and saying yeah i took care of all these thousands of rules i got this sorted out because that's what god said that's what god said that's what god said a lot of finger pointing a lot of shaming people a lot of making it heavy one of my favorite scriptures is you know he says come unto me all you who are weary heavy laden i'm going to give you rest so when there was literally a couple thousand of rules by then of what how you got to do and how you got to live he was saying you're hearing a bunch of other noise. You're hearing noise from people. You're hearing all this stuff about how do you live, live your life, but that's that's not that's not what it is. I want you to come to me, and you're gonna find real life. Yeah. And so, yeah, there is a confusion in it, and that's why, like at the beginning, when you said pastor and minister and stuff, I know people get an idea, and it's you know some of it's because maybe it's a prosperity gospel preacher who said look you know the best way to get to heaven is if you give me 100 bucks you know that kind of stuff that that that's not the message well i think you are and when i say the word looser i don't mean looser cuz it's clear that you're devout in your love for god i mean it seems like you're more approachable you feel more human um, and I don't know many ministers, so I don't even want to say the most because that's probably not fair. But at least in my perspective, you seem a lot more approachable and human than most ministers that I've at least encountered, which have not been many. Once again, raised Jewish, spiritual. I do, I think, believe in reincarnation, although I'm very open to that being, I don't know, redefined. I'm very, I I try to be as open as I can to things shifting. One thing I think, at least for me, that um, has rubbed me the wrong way, although it could be a misperception, is it seems like, and when I say the church, that's a a hard thing to grasp too, because what is the church? But like there, there seems to be some misogyny in the overall, and I don't even know if that's necessarily true. That, that could be another, um, 
stereotype of you hear it from one thing and then assume, but it seems like at least worldwide that, um, like I, I even sometimes hate that God's called a he, like, you know, cause I sometimes feel like, well, why, why, where's the she in that, you know? Um, so I would love to hear your, and I, once again, I, I definitely have some different beliefs than you, but I do inside feel like God would be a he and a she. And it's totally cool, obviously, if you don't feel that way, but I would love to hear your approach on that kind of yeah. thing. No, it's cool. We're, we're, we're doing what we talked about before we're talking, yeah. right? So obviously there's going to be, I have a reference point for my answer. Like I go beyond more than just what I'm feeling and I have to have a reference point. So for me, my reference point is the scriptures. What does the scripture say? And cause I, I mean, I got ideas and I've had my time of, you know, really having to dig deep to see what I really believe. And my faith has been tested and particularly when I went to Yukon and I'm a, I'm a student there and there's like a flood of different ideas and what do I really deep down believe? Well, there's some things that I believe because it, it, it touches my spirit, but I need a reference point. So for me, the reference point is scriptures. So like on that specific note, no, no, without me getting too deep on it, because I'm not a scholar scholar, but if you look at the original text of the scriptures, it just simply refers to God as he, you know, and that's why he says father. But when I see how Jesus was kind of revolutionary about his uh, equal treatment and respect for women, you know, it was a woman who who was the first to see that that tomb was empty. Who she, who was that woman? Mary Magdalene. And so Mary Magdalene's like she because she's my she's my homie. I have a whole well, she's belief a system around. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with Mary Magdalene. I really am. But I have a whole other theory on it that I don't know if I want to get into with you because I think I'd be too nervous to tell you. But um, but that's part of the whole thing that I'm interested in is like, yeah, and 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 and. I get that you go to the scripture and it says he there. I just, you know, what is it possible that there was, I don't want to say, yeah, room for error in the sense of whoever, once again, huge believer of Jesus and his teachings. But are we sure that the scripture completely accurately depicts exactly what his teachings were? So that's a fundamental thing of faith, isn't it? And, and it's, it's a tough one for some people. Like how accurate is it? could have been he could have been she or whatever whatever the issue might be um you know for myself obviously i've settled that question in my own heart yeah in fact just went to a and again that comes from my journalistic background too like i'm not gonna just just on a whim but i've settled it in my own faith that the scriptures that we have are reliable um for lots of different reasons that could be like a whole nother podcast right so it's lots of different reasons where i feel super super confident in it i've had my i didn't look at it and be like yeah sure that's gotta be right delving into it deeper looking at the research looking at the whole idea of how intensely detailed that was copied over and the scriptures were copied over how much like when you look at literature across the world um you know the weight of uh evidence that supports the scriptures um, I've worked through some of those questions that people have. You know, that's the other thing. I've always so you're pretty certain God's a he is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, Adam. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um, no, but but I hear what you're saying in the sense of being the journalist, and you have done enough research on on your end to feel that you can rely on them. For me, because I don't just rely. I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of reading of the mm. Bible and stuff, but I've also, um, like I said, I, I've been studying uh, ancient Jewish mysticism and other things. So I've pulled in information from there, which resonates with me. But I think, once again, the important thing is people have their different truths, and um, and it goes beyond christianity whatever i am spiritual because there are people who are muslims and you can probably list more religions than i can and somehow all of us having to coexist in this world Mm. and more than coexist is like respecting each other and even if we disagree having i think we could all agree we need to fix a lot of things because there are so many people not just in emotional pain but people who aren't even able to afford to live right now and on the streets. And I think you and I both want to just help people and, and, and help alleviate suffering. I don't think you can ever get completely rid of suffering, mm. but I think there's a way, no matter what 
your exact beliefs are to help people. Yeah, there's plenty of need for compassion, isn't there? Like basic decency toward other human beings. And when you look at this world and just, you know, to be honest, when I've been in situations where I've been down and out and broken, I remember one time, uh, Luis and I, we were really struggling financially. Um, And so like I've been kind of, in a position fortunate enough to be the one helping other people. But every now and then in life, you always are going to need somebody else's help. See, I see, mm-hmm. I see God in that, that yeah. God will send somebody to help me. No, I agree um, with that. For and sure. so one day we look out the window and, and at my house and I'm not kidding you. Probably the, I don't mean this in any derogatory way, but just the fact that the, on the income scale, they were probably the poorest people I knew. They drove up into our driveway with boxes of food and they come, come in. And like Luis and I were just absolutely blown away with that kind of generosity. So yeah, there's there's a need for everything you're just talking about. People suffer in this planet, and people need, you know, just decent love. I mean, we're I know that's what you've been ta- you've talked about the same thing, just love. Like yeah, that's when you see that happening. When you see people people really genuinely loving somebody else, come on, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm just excited. I mean, we're not done yet. I'm just excited once again that you agreed to do the podcast because I'm an interesting soul in the sense of I think people, because here I am a comedian. um, I put out a a pretty crazy rap song that people often, well, it was, and I knew it was going to trigger people. And that was part of the message, not in a bad way, because for me, it felt very divine feminine, the need for women to be able to speak their truth and whatever their truth is. But, um, I know that not every person wants to come on a comedy podcast talking about something, you know, as, as precious in a way as being a minister. I'm not, and I don't mean precious, but you know what I mean? Cause it is something that you take very seriously. Yeah, but and, you know what? So, so I had to think about it. <laughs> I had to think about it. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, but I know that you're a super sincere person and you know, we've got love together. Yeah. Right. And so it's not yeah. a problem. And like you said a couple of times, maybe nervous to ask a question, uh, or whatever, but I get nervous too. Like yeah. I get nervous about stuff like this. But um, just knowing that you're you're sincere, like I said, I'm just proud of the fact that you're sincere about what your you know your convictions and stuff. I think it's good. I think it's good to talk. I do enjoy talking about it. You know, I've got my limits in as far as maybe an academic approach to how how this to to really get into the apologetics is a big fancy word for for really getting deep on the issues of of scriptures. Um, I just love being able to see God at work in relationships, being able to kind of, you know, I call it a testimony of what, of what's happening, you know, like, like a real stories, real stories means a lot to me. Cause at the end of the day, um, there's a lot we can go back and forth on, on different points, but I've got a testimony. I know what God's done for my life. And yeah. so that's, I can stand on that. And that's what I think in a sense miracles are. Cause Miracles happen every single day throughout the day. And for me, this whole weekend has been a miracle because we're all here because our pop passed. He lived to be 100. And I think it's a miracle that, you know, when's the last time we had a gathering like this with all the family? And those memories and those connections are so dear to so many of us. And yet, for whatever reason, it just hadn't. I mean, it's unfortunate that it was his passing that made this happen. But I think at the same time, it's a miracle that our connections are so deep that even without having seen each other in years, we're st- it's like family. It's You can't, do you know what I mean? Like it's this indescribable yeah, thing and I we do. just have each other's backs. And when I, I know I kind of planned it, but when, seriously, when I came out and you guys were actually singing, like I was like, this is a miracle. Like I am with... Yeah my family who I love so deeply and would do anything for. And I get to be, cause you know, I've been single for a while. And like when your birthday comes up and you've been single, you're like, there's that little pang of like, Oh, and then here I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so not alone. And I'm so loved. And God is in this. Like yeah, I could feel the presence of that. And mm-hmm. then I had, you know, Greg, my brother, I had him, I begged him. I was like, play the guitar so we can all sing hallelujah together. And that to me was another miracle of just like us getting to sing together. And that was so awesome. Music is just something. And I know that music happens a lot in, in, well, you're starting your own church. We, yeah, but, but it's a huge part of it because there's something about song and music and flow that really allows people to touch their hearts and their souls. So, 
so essentially I feel like, yeah, miracles are just, they're real and they're not always big in the way we think they're going right. to be. It yeah. can, it can be looking at your family members and remembering, Oh my gosh, my kids are incredible or Definitely. wow, we're having birthday cake right now. Who thought this was going to happen? And, things like that but it's just precious I think, to I think be alive that, i think in that it's like it's your perspective on life too yes what you're gonna see how you how do you are you grateful for those small miracles big miracles because to me life is a miracle and yes know, that the breath that i breathe is a miracle and when that's part of how you live in your life you see a whole lot more things than you would otherwise you you might miss a lot like the other day in our church there's this kid uh who uh, a Haitian, one of the Haitian guys in our church, um, had a really, really super rough upbringing, and uh, but he became like a like a like a son, like an adopted son. But it's not. I love him not because he goes to church every Sunday. I love him because I love him. You know, it's not. He doesn't always feel like he wants to be in church, and but I've seen him go off a bad path. I've seen him go do his thing, and you know. I was at I was at a police department for a roll call once because I do a chaplaincy for the for the police department, and I sat in in the morning and they're reading through some of the troublemakers and they n- named him and I just was like my heart dropped and no not him are you kidding me, and so anyway like this past Sunday, and I'm preaching and I look up and out in the corner is this kid that's amazing and he's and to me I was just like he's looking at me like this. Yeah, you're right. I'm in church. I'm not gonna smile though, <laughs> but I'm in church. And uh, he brought his girlfriend. He brought his girlfriend. Aww. And and he was so proud to like introduce his girlfriend to me. So big deal for me. That is not a small thing. That was yeah. a miracle because I know that God is working in his heart. And you know, it's not for me. Just get him. Get people in church. Do the church thing. Do the religion thing. Do what I say. Like do how believe exactly how I believe. Um, we're we're on different spectrums of that journey. Yeah. And you know, love the love that Jesus showed was unconditional. Yes, and that's a big thing. That once again, even though we have different approaches to it, I think a lot of this is about unconditional love because most people they don't realize it, but they love conditionally. Where it's like. I did this for you, so you better do this right. for me right. kind of a thing. And the truth is, is we all just want to be who we are. That's why we love kids, right? Is they say what they want to say. That's why I like being kind of like a grown kid. It's it's who I am, but it's also in an intentional who I am of like yeah. so many people hold back on what they feel and think. And I love the freedom because I know I have a sincere heart and a kind heart. So yeah. I'm also going to burp when I want to burp. I'm sure. going to say when I'm bored and that's what I, I love that you guys love me through that because here oh here we had this like memorial service and I'm like whispering to you guys like <laughs> I'm like that was a boring speech like you guys let <laughs> Wait, me when I not you it. you weren't bo- I would never uh, if you were the boring speech I wouldn't too... be saying that to you okay I was saying I wanted to have the gong so when someone was <laughs> getting boring I could gong them at the memorial. And like, that's obviously a controversial thing to say, but like, and yet like, that's what I love about kids is like, you know, adults will be sitting there. Like, and I'm not saying we should all be rude and actually gong someone, but I love the truth. And, and I think that unconditional love is like, I love you for who you really are. Once again, manners are still great. But when you have too many manners to the point, you don't even know who you are anymore because you're all politeness. Right. You know, and that's like being allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. And still be loved. Being allowed to kind of say the wrong thing at the and wrong time. And to be time. cranky and to, to have your emotions. Yeah, just to be and a we, real we person. We talk about that. We talk about like taking off the mask. Yes. I'm not, I'm, I've got work on that. Like I still need to work in a lot of different areas of my life. And that's one of them. Um, that's why it's so refreshing just to have a conversation like this. Yeah. But yeah, to take off the mask, to take off the I'm okay mask or to take off the got to act like this mask and all that kind of stuff it's really truly being authentic and being safe yes. and ha- being being safe to be able to express yourself like that yeah yeah it's refreshing exactly and that's where i want people to get to is being able to take off the mask because we right now unfortunately a lot of people are like 
I have to be this to be loved, this, this thing that they imagine in their head. And that's where I think we get a lot of trouble is people are holding back so mm-hmm. much and then they burst. And mm-hmm. that's what I love about community and people like in this room, it's, it's cause once again, I'm an out there person. Obviously I have a kind heart, but you know, it's, it's good to feel accepted even if someone's different than you. And I love you, Aunt Mary. She's like, definitely. <laughs> um, but, but that's, yeah. And I, I just love that you're including that and, and you're starting your own church soon. Yeah. Yeah, Am I allowed well, to be saying that? No, that was so top secret. Are you are you and being that, serious? No, I'm oh, not being serious. <laughs> it is a we we are going to be starting a new church. I'm excited about it. We have quite a few young people, and it's a multi ethnic kind of church, and so there's going to be some new energy kicking in as we yeah as we do that. That's no, I love that because I think we do need more ministers or whoever whatever religion who who are about being human and taking off the mask and i have like a joke where i'm like where people are like how are you and people just go i'm good i'm good and they're just holding back their real emotion and my joke is where i'm like i don't do that and then you know i take it to an extreme but i i want people to start being able to say if they're not doing good i want them to be able to be like i'm actually really struggling and what that would look like in our society if people started actually saying how they're doing instead it's of hard, thinking though. they can't. No, it's I'm hard totally. because people, people feel rejected. Yeah. And so to be vulnerable and to be able to, to really open up like that and say, you know, maybe I'm not doing so great, um, especially if, like in my situation, am I allowed to not be feeling great one day? You know, like. I think so. Okay. Thank you. I'm calling you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. But, but there's there's certain ways that you're, you're supposed to live up to a certain expectation. Um, again, like when you read the scriptures and you look at what Jesus did with the love that he showed, he's, it says that he was among them. So he wasn't over them. He had the authority, mm-hmm. right? The Bible says that he had all the thor- all the authorities given to him. But he says, I, I could live this way and be pointing fingers, but I don't. What I do, there's a beautiful story where it says he actually was washing the feet of his disciples. So he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be as among you. So he was approachable. Anybody could approach him. And he led, he had the authority, but he led with gentleness. He led with truth. You know, he led with love. And so, you know, he gave people that opportunity to, to be true and to, to respond to him. Yeah. That way. I love that. And I think I'm giving you permission. You don't have to take it to have bad days. But I, but I also understand I, I honestly, if I was a church goer and the minister was like, I'm having a really rough day today. So this is what I do to get through it. Because clearly you wouldn't just go up there and be like, I'm having a bad day and throw a (laughs) milk carton against the wall. Although I would personally be like, yes, (laughs) But as long as it was almond milk, of course. But right. like, but, <laughs> but like, I think it would be cool to, you know, and I try to do it in my stand up in many ways. Like, mm-hmm. there's a point to it when I say, like, even if I say on stage, oh, I struggle with depression and anxiety, it's because I know there's so many people who can relate that yeah. if I can ex- explain my journey and how I've gotten past that, how I've gotten through a divorce, how I've gotten through these things that I never thought were going to be in my path, but right. then they came up. How did I get through it? I think it would be cool for you to bring in like, yeah, I have crappy days. And obviously I don't want to describe your crappy days because I can't, but like going into what yours are and then talking about like, like a real personal, what you do to get out of those slumps. Cause every single human we have moments and shocks, like where we think our path a certain way and this is going to go exactly as I think. And then boom, you get kind of, sideswiped or it feels almost like sucker punched by God. That's how I feel. I'm not saying you ever feel that way, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, this, if I do this, I think I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm taking this risk and it's gonna, and then boom, you're like, Oh, that's not, you know, when you get it, it's, um, yeah. When you just fall that, that hard fall. So for me, sometimes the simple prayers that I pray, Mm -hmm. like help me. That's, just praying to God directly. But, the, but those two words, people say, what's like, how do I pray? What is the best prayer to pray? For me, sometimes it's just help me. Oh, wow. Lead me. I need you. You know, that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's part of relationship. That's a very simple way that I relate to God because I know that he hears that prayer. 
And that's such a vulnerable prayer because it's so simple. But I think I've actually done that without realizing, I guess, how beautiful that was of just being like, help. Yeah. Help. I'm low. I'm hurting. Help or me. Or I don't understand. I'm you confused. Know, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's important to me. So prayer can be kind of this big mysterious thing thing to people. Um, but that's how I approach it. Do you pray out loud or in your head? Both. Both. Yeah. I'll pray, you know, prayed before I got on the podcast. Did you? Yes, of course. That's awesome. Yeah. In my in my spiritual school, they teach us how to pray through song. Yeah. Which is really, and I never thought about that, but they say, because there's something about song that the flow of it, I don't want to say it gets to God better, because I'm sure every way God's obviously there, but, um, and once again, to the listeners who don't like the word God, you can replace it with universe or seriously, whatever, because this is about, you know, everyone can access this thing, no matter what your triggers or your beliefs are, unless you're maybe strict, strict atheist, but then you probably already turned this off, but um, maybe, I don't know, who knows? But um, but I love the praying. I don't do it often, but praying in song has a whole other vulnerable Definitely. vibe to it. Yeah. Have you ever prayed in song? Uh, we have. There's certain songs that help me to pray. Absolutely. There's a big song out there right now. Like it's called "Spirit Lead Me." Actually, what's it called? Oceans uh, by Hillsong. Can you find it on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. And it's it's a beautiful beautiful song, and um, "Spirit Lead Me Where." Help me out, Tor. Tori's, by the way, one of his daughters. Where my trust is without borders. This is the thing I can remember. <laughs> but it honestly does help me in my prayer life. Goodness. Um, but it's like sometimes, because sometimes I don't have the words to pray. Because mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what to say. And that's where song really helps me. So like in our church services, we'll start off usually about three or four songs. And there's no preaching until after that. And I think it helps people because we've just had a crazy week of who knows what. Yeah. Who knows where people are coming in. And that's where you come into church and people like to wear the Sunday best and high and they're smiling. But then you get to close your eyes and then you get to sing a song and you're completely, mm. we call it worship. Like now we're worshiping God. And in that, that helps me to pray because yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's not just because it's a cool song. There's something so healing and touching about music. I think it really does. Well, Sarah played a song today at the end of, pop's memorial service that she wrote the lyrics to and did you write the music to it as well wow it unreal it, it moved me so much that i was like sobbing by the end of it in a good way in a very healing touched moved way but there was something and i said this to her because i know she's the one who wrote it but it felt like she had like touched god in it, it like the words were just there was so much beautiful truth yeah, in it that I, I felt like she spoke for all of us in that room through that song and i think music does that a lot even pop music in many ways depending on the song like if i'm in a heartbreak place right let's just say i confessed my love to an ex let's just say mm-hmm. okay um no but you know what i'm saying like when you're in that heartbreak <laughs> place and you don't have the words for it and then you hear a song on the radio like even Adele something like that where that the the movement it's it's expressing those emotions there's something just magical about music because sometimes we can't figure ourselves out yeah I mean we try to but like we're a conundrum to ourselves and that's why a song will really help It, it, it goes deeper than what we're actually able to grasp and what we're thinking it goes deeper yeah. Yeah, that song today was really beautiful. So all the stories were incredible, right? The storytelling is such a is such a powerful thing. Yeah. That narrative, narrative after narrative after narrative. And um of course, your son had the best of the entire <laughs> yeah. of the entire thing. I was like, "Forget this. Hand my mic over on Sundays." So, yeah, like so we had a Quaker style meeting memorial service mm-hmm. where people could just go up and speak and you went up I went up. I mean, a lot of people went up, but Shane, who hadn't pre-planned it, just decided to go up and he kind of... Shane, I'm not kidding, man. That was like the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was pretty unreal. It was, we were said this before. It was like a pure Mm -hmm. share. It was just in the moment and he really just touched his relationship Mm -hmm. 
to pop. And I feel like I can feel pop actually right now here. I feel like pop and Grammy both. I can actually feel them. He would be so, and I think he is happy to see this happening. Just like, whoa, you know, it's a pretty big deal. He'd probably take the mic from me though. He would. No, he would. He'd be like, well, but you know what? Cause, cause our family, and I've always found this really interesting is because, you know, we have Mary, Nancy, Fred, and Ned. Ned is my dad. And um, because our family, it seems like we all have such strong belief systems, but they all went in slightly different ways. And yet we're all such, I think, beautiful, big-hearted truth seekers, whatever that truth is yeah. for ourselves. And I yeah. think it's really cool for us to start to bridge the gap because I know, at least on my end, I always felt almost nervous as I got older to ask about other people's beliefs because it's like oh i don't even know what they believe and do they think that i'm gonna go to hell and you know and i don't want to call anyone out who's not here but like i was always nervous and i still don't fully know about what their beliefs are and i think it's really cool as we start to kind of come back together to open that up even if we disagree even if it's not for us, I what think. Did you, would you call something truth seekers passionate? What would you just say just now? Come on, get get that. What back. I said, I said beautiful, open hearted, or big hearted truth seekers. Truth seekers. I'm not doing that to get you to raise your hand, ma. Truth. But Aunt but, Mary put a big fist out yeah, in the air. Truth seeker fist. But it's true. It's like you could see you could see in the stories today as people were yes. recalling Pop's life, how that is a thing in yes. the family. Like you would make. This might sound weird to you, but you would make a good preacher. No, it doesn't sound weird. Okay, I mean, so you would make a really good preacher. Because I go up and I'm telling jokes, but in a sense, you know, because I was doing healing events called Going Deep, where it, it, it comedy will always be in no matter what I do. But it was to kind of make it like, I don't want to have to always give a punchline. I have a message, and the message yeah. is similar to yours, but in a different way of wanting to help bring the world together. I mean, how can you not when you see so much pain and suffering in every country. And you see um, us, I think, not only hurting each other as humans, but the planet and um, animals and all of it. It's like, and I'm very sensitive. I know we all are, but like I can feel it even when animals are hurting. And I want, I'm not saying, I know death is a part of life. Unfortunately, I'm still not cool with it. But, you know, with accepting that, I would love for there to be as much peace and kindness as possible Mm. and i think that's what we all have in common Mm -hmm. and you could see it in the family everyone you know because we have a lot of intellectuals too yeah and i think they're also trying to seek that thing and we have a decent amount of intellectual atheists in the family but who are still trying to help you know and and right and i don't mean that in some like looking down on them way like uh you know it's we have in in the, the wolf gene right is is a pretty strong today. yeah it was a lot of people including our great uncle john who's like 94 practicing oh medicine still and yeah. helping the family for he's free more energy than i do and he's unreal he is unreal he cured me two three months ago when i couldn't walk he just was right on that i know came to my comedy show he was a real sport i i said some stuff in front of him that you i could never say in front of you guys i you like i would i wouldn't be able to i'd have to be doing the cross in front of you know what i mean right, which i right. how do you feel about that before we go i i literally do this a lot my mom doesn't like it okay because she's you know jewish but i do it and i i mean it like it, it just comes through me like i really you know how do you feel about it, i mean that's more of a more of a catholic thing so oh is it really yeah so, so you don't do that no i don't do that you know that's that's and i don't have the I have no idea about get, that to get deep on that one but um, Shane's half Catholic, I think. Right, Shane? Isn't your dad Catholic? <laughs> yes. He just had his Ancestry.com. So it, That's great. it came in and he's 51% Jewish because his dad's 1%. So we're very, this side of the family, we're very, we've got a lot of, a lot of Jewishness a in li- our blood. This, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I don't do that. I don't do um, that, that particular particular motion it's really simple for me simple yeah. prayers simple um do you just do you ever put your hands like together in that or no i mean i don't need to to make it a prayer yeah but I, I definitely have sometimes done like that or sometimes if i'm worshiping i've without even thinking about it, i got my hand over my heart kind of thing or like, i was doing that church. a lot today after everyone talked right yeah because that's part of expression isn't it so we yeah. all find 
I get I use my hand like right now I'm using the mic, but when I'm preaching, my hands go a little crazy. You're you're expressing. Yeah. It's flowing through you. This. I don't even know what's going on over here. Yeah. But that sometimes happens. I am by the way, I have two churches on my street. Okay. Coincidence? I don't think I there don't are think any. So. Yeah. Mm-mm. But I I walk past this one the Holy Trinity and well now I just everyone who listens knows where I live, but whatever. And uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah guys let me give you all my address just come on why not yeah what are we what are you gonna do uh so i've got a guard dog this is jada in texas <laughs> yeah exactly right? he's uh, both uh, okay shane shane doesn't like when i call her my dog but when i say mine i don't mean not yours anyway okay. there's this um statue of mary and she has her hands That's like this and i swear thing. to god i always stop by her and do this and i'm like i hope people know i'm like being real because i just i Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can see that. Adam, we went over an hour. Where I don't edit these, by the way. I like, like I'm going to add the music, but, you know. Okay. I don't listen through and, like, take out unless someone says something, like, super offensive that they regret later. Um, I'm so happy you came on. I enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. You, uh, you do a great job. Thank you. With this conversation. Thank you. I would love to have you on again in the future. Maybe we'll get Sarah and Mary in on there. Um, yeah. Who knows? And like I said, one day maybe I'll have a, a reality show and I'm going to bring the cameras to your church if you'll allow it. We'll see. That's interesting. If not, if not to a sermon, the sermon, we could do it to like when you're doing a charity thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I just want of to course, show huh? more of these kinds of mixings and right. there's humor in it still. Like, you know, you don't have to, once again, you can be human and right. be on the spiritual seeking journey. So I would love to I'm even with, show I'm our dynamics. Yeah. Cause I'm a lot and I say a lot and, and you guys are, I don't want to say good sports cause that makes it like I'm too much, but you know what I mean? Like you guys can hang and I'm, I'm pretty out there yeah. and dirty. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Well, where can people find you if you want to be found? Is there like a place for the church or um, you don't have to plug anything if you don't want no, it. No, no, no. I don't really have much to plug at the moment. We're, you know, we're in Norwich, Connecticut and in a transition phase or I like to call breakthrough phase. We're about to break through from one situation to the next so where we're at is not going to be where we're at very long we're looking in the heart of the city in norwich exciting. so that's exciting and uh yeah maybe the next time i'm hanging out with you i'll be able to plug all kinds of stuff what i'm going to do is when i put it out we won't be able to plug the new church but once again this is going to be up forever so when it is eventually out i will add that link okay cool to the description so anyone listening they could be listening in a year from now sure it you know i will include the link to the new church once that's there so i will definitely do that so awesome. people can find you and reach out and for me let's see uh, i have a new comedy album out that i don't want you to listen to adam but everyone else <laughs> please feel free um and i don't want shane to listen to it either although he's heard a lot of the jokes um it's 1111. It's called 1111, which is actually like the Make-A-Wish synchronicity kind of number um, on iTunes. And I'm trying to think. Oh, I have my show Dragon Sorcery coming out um, April 11th at New York Comedy Club, Promo Dragon. And you can go to my website, thekatewolf.com, and reach out if you want a healing or a tarot card reading. And thanks again, Adam. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Bye. Bye.